0: Everyone, welcome to the Crazy About Packaging podcast. I'm Natalie, here with Mike and Jonathan, and we are the Cat Pack. How are you guys today?
1: Doing great, Natalie, doing great. how are you?
0: I'm doing good. Um, we are all geared up over here for this episode. Today's episode, we're gonna be discussing food waste, the impact that it has on the environment, and how packaging can actually help, both from a you know perspective of world hunger and the environment. Um, so there's so much to talk about here. I mean, I think we could spend an entire episode just going through all of these staggering statistics yes. about um, the food, wa- food waste and the amount of food waste and the impact of food waste and so many different levels. Um, I mean, it's really an, in- an issue of such enormous scale with far reaching consequences um, You know, from humanitarian issues, you know, the injustices of, um, you know, hunger globally um, to environmental consequences to economic consequences so um, all of this will only become more critical as our global population continues to grow and there's just so much to talk about and like a lot of the topics we discuss it's highly nuanced and complex and <laughs> there's a lot to cover so let's let's jump into it i know you guys are excited about this topic as well there's a lot to discuss and a lot that relates to um, our industry
1: yes Uh, Definitely, definitely. I mean, you know, to me, this is one of the most exciting topics, you know, for us to address, you know, and like you said, Natalie, globally, we need to make some huge significant improvements in this area. And not Mm -hmm. only from a sustainability uh, standpoint of all of the food that goes into landfills, but feeding people, you know, we Mm -hmm. have technology, we have, you know, for instance, our packaging, uh, you know, and where we're in barrier packaging to help extend shelf life, you know, to reduce, help to reduce that waste, I think is just, just critical.
2: Yep. yep. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. You know, there's, uh, there's so many packaging solutions and improvements that have been out there for a while, but, um, the, you know, they're based on, on sustainability or recyclability and maybe compromise a little, uh, the, um, as it relates to food insecurity or food waste. And uh, it's really important that we look at both ends of that spectrum. How do we make something that provides the security for food, um, food waste um, for products at the same time, we um, we still meet our mandate for recyclability and sustainability.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think when I was digging into kind of like some of the statistics for this topic, it's kind of easy to like, let it depress you a little bit, (laughs) you know, just from the amount of waste that's generated just on so many different levels. Um, But (laughs) I think what's exciting to me about this is, given our industry and our involvement in food packaging, and um, you know, how ICPG as an organization is working with, you know, food companies across the globe on you know, innovative barrier technologies. There's so much opportunity for packaging to help here, mm-hmm. um, and I guess kind of like in a time where plastic packaging has kind of been, um, you know, looked upon negatively. It's really um, interesting to just kind of see what what kind of help and what what a difference plastic packaging, if designed in the right way, um, right. using the right materials, as Mike said, you know that. Doesn't compromise um, our goals for sustainability and recyclability. Um, I think that's the exciting part to me is is what help packaging and our industry can actually do. So, um, you know, let's let's I guess talk about some statistics really really um, quickly. The statistics regarding food waste and the impact um, the the resulting impact are are staggering. Um, I'm going to be referencing an organization probably pretty frequently uh, called refed, uh, which is a national nonprofit organization uh, dedicated to ending food loss and waste by advancing data driven solutions. Mm -hmm. Um, They have this great tool on their website called the insights engine, which identifies solutions and maps out the financial and climate benefits of a number of different solutions, um, including uh, adjustments to portion sizes, meal kits, consumer education campaigns, you know, what the impact of some of those changes would mean in terms of, um, you know, the impact on preventing food waste. Uh, They also just have a lot of statistics about kind of where we stand today. So, according to this waste monitoring tool, uh, the US generated 91 million tons of surplus food in 2021, which equates to 38% of total production. Um, it's estimated that the food industry loses about $15 billion a year due to food spoilage um, and a lot of this food ends up in landfills and it contributes to the largest component of US municipal municipal solid waste. Um, and then you know there are a lot of environmental consequences, negative environmental consequences to this as well. So um, I actually thought thought this was interesting. The carbon footprint of US food waste is greater than that of the airline industry. That shocked me.
1: Wow, (laughs) wow, Wow. that's amazing.
0: I know, but the reason being is because, you know, this unused food in landfills um, Mm. turns into one of the main sources of greenhouse gases. uh, And- um, yeah it turns into methane gas which is a greenhouse gas that is 84 times stronger than carbon dioxide so um i think that's a little bit difficult to conceptualize when you're just thinking about the waste that you generate in your household you're like oh yeah i throw away this banana how bad can it be but given the scale you know how many people there are across the globe and the scale of you know the, the global food supply chain um you know the waste generated in home obviously it all adds up and then that's before you even think about you know so much of this food never even makes it to people's homes or mouths or even to grocery store shelves you know like if it's not pretty enough or yeah something like that so
1: yeah no and i i think you're you know it's the the statistics are staggering um, mm-hmm. and you know, when I started to re- to do a little research as well, I was blown away by some of the numbers, you know, all, not only here in the United States, but, but you know, the rest of the world, but definitely, mm-hmm. you know, focusing here on the States and you start to kind of like break that down into different segments and you say, okay, well, you know, you've got to grow it. You've got to. Mm-hmm pick it you've got to process it you've got to pack it you've got to ship it you know it's got to go through that whole supply chain Mm -hmm. just to get to either food service or retail or what have you and so you know throughout that whole process it's not only just the food waste like you said earlier Natalie you've got you know all of the economics that are associated Mm -hmm. with that all of the waste everything that goes into those statistics you know is Mm -hmm. really to me mind-blowing
0: Right, and the waste that happens, you know, like you said, along the supply chain, as this food is production, transportation, all of that things, you know, right. also considering the waste, um, the wasted resources. Right. So land, you know, uh, that's de- deforestation for essentially no reason, you know, mm. to produce food that just gets thrown away. Right. Um, fossil fuels, fertilizer, water, um, you know, Mike, you mentioned that you read an article Uh, just today, actually, that talked, that kind of quantified the impact of uh, wasted food in terms of of water wasted.
2: Yeah, it was amazing. Um, It referenced uh, wasted food, food waste in Europe and the amount of food that is wasted that goes into either landfills, disposal or incineration um, had. Had the equivalent of sixty-eight billion liters of water that, that wow. were not was not used effectively, and it's uh, I mean that just blew my mind.
0: And that was in that was in Europe, correct? A statistic in, in Europe, in Europe
2: only. So can you imagine wow. yeah. if you look at the rest of the world? Factor yeah. that in fact, that
1: it? Yeah, and mm-hmm. one of our one of our truly such precious resources, water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Wow. One
0: hundred percent yeah um so a lot of a lot of uh implications that kind of just go outside of you know like I, I i we talk about this a lot you know i think sometimes the reason why plastic does kind of get a negative percep does have a negative perception when it comes to the waste generated is because it's so visible you know if you like throw an apple out eventually it will decompose or something will eat it or something like that. But when you're tossing it away in your garbage can, it's going to a landfill. I mean, I think a lot of people don't really think about what happens to it after that and what that means. I don't Mm -hmm. I don't think they really consider um, what kind of environmental impact they're having by by throwing out or wasting food. So um, it's just interesting because I think if you were to uh, survey the average consumer, you know, about what what impacts they can make in their home, probably recycling would be like the very top. I don't think a lot of people would say cutting down on food waste, but, you know, when you when you think about it this way, that's actually probably one of the most, um, you know, significant and actionable things that you can do within your own household, um, sure. you know, and, and, and you have more
2: control over it. Sorry, go ahead. Well, and there's a direct economic impact. I mean, mm-hmm. I, as a consumer, recycling um, doesn't have a direct economic impact to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it does indirectly, of course, because I understand that. But um, I, uh, if I go to the refrigerator and I pull out a bag of lettuce that is now wasted, de- decomposed in some way and it isn't fit for use, and I throw it out, I think, oh, I just threw out $3 of, uh, of my own money and, and how often do I do that? Um, so it, it feels, this seems like a very salient and um, important topic that uh, affects almost everybody.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, not to mention hunger, world hunger. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of when I said some of these statistics, they, they kind of make you, you know, think a little bit. It feels a little sad because we have the the capabilities and the resources to eliminate world hunger.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Um, well, you know, so, yeah, no. And, and I, you know, I, I, you know, as you had mentioned, sort of, you know, we can sort of, you know, dive into a little bit of, of plastics, mm-hmm. you know, years ago when I started, uh, I sort of switched into barrier packaging, et cetera. I was, mesmerized by the possibilities to extend shelf life or ship products further for distribution, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, across the country or across the globe, you know, and as that technology has evolved, I think that that has also uh, had a very positive impact. But to your point, Mike, you know, okay, I've got a you know, a cup that's shelf stable, like applesauce or what have you, it's sitting in my refrigerator and I look at the date and it's like, well, it's, you know, a year or so has gone by. Oops. I didn't use it. And it's like the (laughs) old, you know, cans, right. You know I mean? You know, so you got all of these cans, which was probably one of the the earliest uh, attempts of extending shelf life products, you know, through that retort process. Um, And so, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, we've got the food waste side and then we've got, okay, well, how do we reduce it? How do we mm-hmm. improve it? And I think that that's where plastics has had a really significant impact, whether people realize it or not. Okay, so, you know, we go all the way through, for, say, for, you know, you're at a restaurant and, you know, a lot of times, you know, you get pretty decent portions here in the United States. So then you have to have something to take it away from. And generally, you know that's today going to be sort of in a plastic carry out you know maybe a polypropylene or something like that you could put it mm-hmm. in there then you could take it home with the intention of you know making sure that you've finished that and you know you've got you know a lot of times they're microwavable. so you know you can use that as a vehicle as a you know plastic tray or what have you you know to to make sure that that food doesn't go to waste
0: mm-hmm yeah. I mean, you make a good point just because it has an extended shelf life doesn't mean it still won't go waste, get wasted, but I know you know, right? it can certainly, um, it can certainly help. And I think where I, my, where my mind goes to, um, where there could be a lot of room for improvement is kind of more of those like fresh produce mm-hmm. sort of items. Um, and it, stuff like that, you know, the c- canned goods and things like that, the, the process behind it, I think is, um, has already Kind of shown that we can preserve these items for a long time. Yeah, that's not what's making up the bulk of.
1: Oh no, you know no, what people all...
0: are throwing out, though. I mean, I.
1: Yeah.
0: I can't say that definitively, yeah. but I think common sense. It's like what let's. will think about what goes on in my household. It's like what I'm throwing out is like the the discarded quesadilla that my toddler didn't want, or you know, right. the banana that went bad, and. Exactly.
2: <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, think of it as high value, nutrient dense foods. Mm-hmm. And and the, and that's where I think we can move the needle with the packaging that's, you know, that that is better designed for um, food safety, food insecurity and food waste, mm-hmm. as well as sustainability mm-hmm. and recyclability.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I remember you know, working with various food companies and if they could get you know, two or three days shelf life, additional shelf life, that was huge, you know, let alone getting into other applications where you can actually even extend it further. But, you know, that technology, the processing technology, like you said, Mike, you know, making sure that the, you know, the food nutrient dense foods, um, you know, using modified atmosphere or things like that, you know, you can naturally extend those shelf lives you know, to try and, you know, right, you know make sure that the, the food is used. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. right.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I guess that kind of leads into like, um, what, you know, some of the causes of food waste, you know, why, why so much food gets wasted. Um, Refed, again, said that the largest proportion of food waste uh, happens in the home. So about 30, per- 37% of food waste comes from individual households. I mean, like we said, things go bad, people probably like, Aspirationally buy those vegetables and then (laughs) never cook them or, you know, get lazy and get takeout. I mean, I know I've certainly been guilty about that. Um, You know, you're talking about shelf life. I think a lot of times um, people uh, misunderstand sell by dates. Um, Yeah. So I feel like consumer education um, can really go a long way there because people might think that something's gone bad when it hasn't or they misinterpret. Um, the sell by date. So, what what are your thoughts on that? Where do you think? Why do you think this this happens so much? Well,
2: I, I think if I go back in in my own history, um, package design plays a big part in this. Mm-hmm. Um, often, product isn't easy to extract from a package, mm-hmm. and you end up with a lot of residual. Um, or packages aren't sized properly, so your mm-hmm. portion might be. Mm-hmm um incongruent with the uh with, with the actual uh, container itself so i mean there's little yeah. things that um can play a big part in terms of food waste which then plays a big part in terms of sustainability mm-hmm. right
0: yeah that you those are two very good uh points so first and not all getting out of the container. I never, I guess, I never really thought about that as waste, but it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then second um, mm-hmm. is the container size. It's like you know, you open like the the one thing that comes to mind is like one of those big tubs that you get of like guacamole.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I think guacamole is probably like one of the like things that I throw away the fastest because it discolors, and right, then also right. you know, packaging says. Mm-hmm with certain foods, I, I'm not 100% sure about like guacamole specifically when I'm saying this, but you know, packaging will say open with it or use within three days after opening or something like that yeah. with this big tub. So it's, unless it's like something that you're eating with a group of people or it's something that you have all the time, I, I know that a lot of food gets wasted that way because I'm like, oh, well, I opened this three days. It says to eat it within three days. It's probably not good anymore. So going back to what you said about packaging size, you know, if things were a little bit more portion controlled, sure, that would that would probably go a long way, because um, I can imagine I'm not the only one who who has, um, you yeah.
2: know, I think that's common.
0: That.
1: Yeah, yeah but, you, but you know, you actually bring up a, a really interesting example. So guacamole for years, right, you know, you get the avocados, you open and, and, you know, you make the guacamole and it turns so quickly mm-hmm. well what they have now since then done with barrier packaging is high pressure pasteurization where they mm-hmm. actually you know there's a couple of brands out there um that do a really good job of extending shelf life of guac, of of you know guacamole avocados. and avocados yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. and so that's you know that that in itself to me was a terrific initiative you know, to say, okay, well, we've got all of this, you know, this guacamole, that's, you know, it's beautiful product, and it's, it's gone within two or three days. So, you know, throw the rest of the bowl out. But at least in this instance, you know, they can better utilize the product as it's being, you know, grown and processed. Mm -hmm. And so that sort of gets back to, you know, controlling that portion size somewhat. Yeah. So you only need to use you know four ounces or 10 ounces or whatever it is you yeah know.
0: yeah and like as we're discussing um this you know i think we kind of mentioned briefly that like consumer education i think when it comes to sell by dates i was talking about this but even like storing food consumer education about how best to store yeah. something it's <clears> like okay right. refrigeration that's obvious like certain things need to be refrigerated but like what about freezing things like
1: sure yeah. You
0: know, if I could freeze a product and it'd still be good, that'd be good information to have because then I could portion right. it off and, you know, save it till a later date. I, growing up, my family was always big on freezing things, probably freezing things that we shouldn't have, but yeah. <laughs> it's there right. when you want it. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, you know, and but then circling back to Mike's earlier point with regards to nutritional value of foods, you know, it tends to freezing can tend to affect the that nutritional right. value because, you know, the cells collapse or what have you. And so you lose mm-hmm. some of those nutrients, but then, you know, you switch that you don't have the shelf life, but you have the freshness with modified atmosphere packaging right. or, or, or that process, you know, so, you know, there's, there's nuances. And to your point, Natalie, you know, consumer education on those points to try and help you know, bring awareness to, well, you know, use it if you're going to, and, and use it by the, the, uh, cell date or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, you know, I think that that's part of that education process. So we're not over right. buying. We're not over, over portioning.
0: Yeah. And yeah. I think like kind of what we did with sustainability and, you know, from a sustainability perspective, what the industries try to do is put that stuff on the package. Like, of course I could Google this stuff, but the, the easier right. that you make it yeah. to, to find the information, um, I think the more people will do it. So yeah, yeah you
2: think about re- refocusing all of those points into package design, you mm-hmm. think about how, when I, well, I think about how, when I buy something and if I want to put it in the freezer, is it in a freezer safe package? Do mm-hmm. I have to remove it and put it into a different package? And is that contributing to waste? Yeah. So, you know, I, I really think as an industry, um, both awareness, um, our communication, our our message, and the uh, products themselves, the packages themselves, yep. need to be designed for for all, <laughs> for as much of the um, use category as possible.
0: Yeah, I think innovation and in packaging design, there's a huge opportunity there, um, which I guess kind of leads me to my segue. So, you know, we talked about the impact, the, the consequences of all this food waste. You know, we'll briefly let's briefly touch on what the impact would be of reducing that food waste. And then you know that'll kind of lead us into our discussions about what you know what package packaging can can do to help. Um so Refed again um said that reducing food waste could not only address climate change concerns, but increase food security, productivity, and efficiency. Um so you know, once again, multiple, multiple ways that this um this could have an impact. There was a statistics that said that if food waste is halved in the next 30 years, the the world will avoid emitting at least 10 gigatons of carbon dioxide, uh, which I didn't even know that was a number. Um, <laughs> and that is the equivalent to taking 2,570 coal-fired plants offline. Wow. That's a big impact. <laughs> that's a big,
1: in- that's a yeah. big impact. <laughs>
0: Very big impact um, and then, once again, we talked about you know how that's there's a lot of other consequences, uh, this would also you know avoid deforestation for additional farmland kind of as a as a byproduct of becoming more efficient with our consumption. Um, you know, and really using only using what we what we really need uh, this would prevent more than 70 gigatons of additional emissions. Mm. So big impact uh, refed also modeled some of the solutions which um you know, would have the biggest impact the top five for CO2 reduction include consumer education campaigns, portion sizes, centralized composting, manufacturing line optimization and meal kits. So a couple of which we already discussed, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think meal kits is, is a really big, there's a really big opportunity in meal kits, I know that they've kind of taken off within the past, like five years or so. But I mean, it addresses several several right there you know with the portion sizes you get your little packets and
1: right
0: they're get they're giving you meals that are sized specifically for your household jug like, right. i know anytime i try a new recipe if it's not through a meal kit like you're buying this like gigantic thing of like mustard seed powder that you're never gonna use. Like you're <laughs> gonna look at it silly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I won't get rid of it, but it'll five years later. Um so I think before we get into how packaging can help, there's an there's an interesting kind of like intersection here of concerns about packaging and how packaging can help, you know, and like kind of the trade-off, I guess, that there is, Um, you know, because packaging waste is obviously a big concern globally, you know, and industry-wide as well. We talked about earlier in the episode and in previous episodes, when you make certain changes, you want to make sure that it doesn't, you know, negatively impact in other areas. So, you know, obviously a change that um, maybe helped extend food, helped extend shelf life, but negatively impacted recyclability probably wouldn't be a good decision. Um but not only that, I think that the perception of packaging um is kind of actually damaging to the goal or contraindication of the goal of reducing food waste because consumers generally perceive packaging way more negatively than they do food waste. I would agree. Um, yep. There was a study that said uh, that found that um, nine out of ten consumers believe that packaging is worse to the environment than throwing their food away. Hmm. I mean, nope. is it? I don't know.
2: <laughs> I don't know. In yeah. a lot of
0: cases, I don't think it is. Um, of course, once again, this goes back to design. Design in the correct way right. to be recycled. All the things have to go together, but. Um, I just thought that was really interesting because I think a lot of consumers will maybe gravitate towards something with less packaging, not necessarily understanding what impact that has on other areas or non-plastic packaging that maybe reduces shelf life or what are are your thoughts on that?
2: Um, So for me, you know, we can't control all aspects of food waste, Mm -hmm. but we can contribute to it positively through package design and... Appropriate packaging, mm-hmm. and I, I think the worst case scenario is a is wasting food in an overpackaged format, you know, in a okay. uh, in a can, in, in glass, in plastic that's too complicated to be recycled. Those, mm-hmm. And on top of it, um, wasting food is mm-hmm. ultimately the penultimate uh, <laughs> sacrilege, right? <clears throat> So all we can control is again designing the package to function the way it should and be recyclable or disposable in a way that is beneficial to the community. Yeah, yeah. I you know and there's there's sorry, Mike. Well, I was just to say, and I think it's it generally we know working in the industry, it can be done. Mm-hmm. There may be trade offs that. Uh, We have to make but um we we can both um you know complement both peter and paul in this in this scenario Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i think that there's there's
1: definitely a, a relationship there you know the type of packaging design for packaging and you know how that either protects the food for how long or is it just to get it home so you can you know heat it up and use it the next day
0: Right. Yeah. The the same way that packaging can help with the issue of food waste, poor packaging can design can yeah. impact it and actually make it worse, contribute to it. So we don't right. want that. Um, right. So, yeah, let's get into like what how packaging can help. How can we help here?
1: <laughs> OK, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so so for instance, you know, we took our XPP product we developed our xpp line of polypropylene first of all you know polypropylene as i've mentioned on on previous episodes to me is one of the most uh diverse and and you know widely usable material in so many formats for for you know freezer to microwave so you know mm-hmm. that in itself is great so when we were actually developing our xpp solution we went ahead and did shelf life studies specifically <clears throat> to try and see what we might get as far as extending shelf life and what we were able to get in just in our basic xpp uh structures was to improve the um, OTR, the oxygen transmission rate, or the moisture vapor transmission rate, by over ninety percent over regular polypropylene materials. So that in itself then translates to a benefit not only to the food processor who now can get two or three days shelf life, which is, reduces the turns, which reduces how many trucks he has to ship, and all of the refrigeration until that product is purchased. Um, but you know, it uh, it helps. Continue to 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 drive towards those types of solutions.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I mean, innovations in materials is definitely.
1: It's really significant. And, there's, and there's, specifically can help. And there's a number of different vehicles. And so, you know, when you're looking at it from a processing perspective, when you have high acid foods like applesauce or dips and sauces and things like that, you know, you can extend the shelf life through different processes, either through hot fill or maybe aseptic packaging or modified atmosphere packaging, depending on mm-hmm. how much shelf life and what the makeup of that you know, the actual food product is, which then translates into what we would do as far as designing mm-hmm. a structure, you know, not only for sustainability, but right. to provide that vehicle, to provide, you know, that protection of that food, which is so critical to get it from the processor to the end, uh, to the Right.
2: Consumer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, there, there are, there are other packaging materials that provide that shelf life. Um, but, the, the trade-off is they come with either much higher carbon footprints or, and/ or they're not recyclable. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, our solutions that Jonathan referenced are uh, fully recyclable, um, it's right-sized, it's mm-hmm. right weighted, um, mm-hmm. It has a great sustainability um, quotient to it, uh, and it provides excellent um, shelf life for foods.
1: Yeah, and ultimately through that, you know, reduces how much needs to be used. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, so you know, again, it's 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 figuring out that balance, um, right? You know,
0: right, because like we said, you know, a, a checkmark in one area and an X in another. I mean, yeah,
1: it's exactly. Yeah. Two steps
0: forward, plus, one step back. back you know, <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, you know, barrier technology has come a long way, plastic barrier materials, you know, so we after we had done our XPP sort of as our base, you know, our foundation uh, of, of materials, then we started to think about, well, how how else can we add value to extending shelf life, mm-hmm. really, as one of the key goals was to reduce waste, right? So, I, you know, as you're extending that, that, uh, you know, that performance, the performance or the design of that, those structures,
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, it's been shown that when it comes to food waste, prevention is one of the most impactful forms of um, reducing those greenhouse gas emissions um, and just preventing food from getting to the landfill in the first place. So, you know, innovations in these material technologies, compatibility with these, you know, um, techniques that extend shelf life, all this in, in combination. You know, with with, of course, sustainability and, and circularity of these solutions um, in a way that doesn't create more problems um, can really go a long way.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely it can agree.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I just I thought it was very interesting kind of I, I think we we talk about the average consumer. I don't know how much they consider the environmental impact of the food that's wasted. I it, They certainly don't. Consider how plastics um, can help with this problem. Um, I think I think a lot of people who would consider themselves un- environmentally conscious would probably choose a non-plastic alternative over a plastic alternative. Maybe not really understanding um, like what what tools that plastic package is actually delivering.
1: Um, oh no, no doubt about it. I think I said you know one of my earlier episodes. I ran into a, you know a young lady in the grocery store. And mm-hmm. you know, and so an apple source cup is a multi-layer high barrier co-extruded, thermoformed barrier cup. You know, seven-layer structure. Okay, so that's me. You know, in my you know, just you know, just mind. I just love that technology. So I asked her. I said, and she's like, "Well, it's just an apple source cup." And I'm like, <sighs> "Oh." <laughs> oh do you know what that little guy can do you know and yeah. y- you know and it's like well you know you could extend the shelf life you know you could actually it'll stay fresh in that with all the nutrients and everything you know for 12 to 14 months you know mm-hmm. but they but the, the their perception is oh so it's a, it's a plastic cup yeah and it goes yeah for sure right so like- you know there <laughs> goes all of the food up
2: oh, there it goes <laughs> yeah
1: yeah
2: right it goes yeah yeah mm-hmm. Well, you know, I it, I think in my uh, experience, um, I, I've seen packaging sort of uh, you know take the the um, the brunt of uh, consumer angst about uh, different subjects, mostly about sustainability. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I don't think we do a good enough job of talking about the positive effect mm-hmm. um, that we saw plastic packaging especially mm-hmm. have on society from a health um, medical sure. and a hunger standpoint and um so again that, for me that's messaging that's industry messaging mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and uh you know the, we have a long way to go to to make yeah. sure people understand the impact
0: no uh, i i i love that point because um you know we talk about on package labeling you know and and you'll see these um these uh messages that will say like oh this package was made from recycled 12 recycled water bottles or something like that you know just putting those kind of statistics out there to to show the consumer you know what kind of good they're doing by Mm -hmm. by by buying that would it be interesting if we if it was done from a food waste perspective you know like take the applesauce containers like if there was a statistic on that that said you know this this applesauce container extends shelf life by x number of days resulting in reduc you know leading to a loss in food waste by x number of pounds resulting in uh greenhouse gas emission savings of you know like wouldn't that be a very interesting angle to take to kind of tie in all that education to the consumer of like oh yeah this isn't just like a cup right it's wasting Resources. Right. It's like it's actually saving resources. Right. And it, right. Resource being food, water, right. like all those things that we've talked about. Um, and, I,
1: and I think another really key important is safety. Plastic mm-hmm. packaging provides a safe. Obviously, you know it's got to be produced correctly and processed the food processed correctly under conditions. But you know that's so key. Is that and and maybe that's where we just succumb to. You know kind of being nonchalant Eh, you know it's because you know we are able to extend shelf life and we are able to keep it fresh and we are and it is mm-hmm. safe, you know up yeah. to the you consume can you know you consume it
0: right it's taken mm-hmm. for granted that
1: you know these things yeah. just last yeah right you know and it's like gosh you know
2: imagine uh, trying to come up with child safety features and packaging for a paper product <laughs> oh my gosh uh, right. you know i I'm, I'm sure there there are some out there but boy they are they would be a challenge right.
0: uh and, yeah i don't and, know how effective you know. it would be yet. my yeah. my toddler can somehow still get through the um <laughs> you know the 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 baby proofing that i have around the, the house he, so
2: <laughs> even the safety
1: scissors will work yeah. on that <laughs> right yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah i mean and just to hit you with some more statistics um you know spoilage prevention packaging um i found a statistic that said that packaging adjustments that enable complete consumption are capable of diverting two hundred eighty thousand tons of waste with an economic mm. value of over 882 million dollars um i mean and then that's just one adjustment that we talked about mm-hmm. getting all the food out you know so mm-hmm. uh, little changes can go a really long way um and I there's a lot of opportunity we've done this before we're like take let's look at let's look at the opportunity, instead of the. Right. Um, you know, maybe some of the more negative, well, negative. position it positively rather than negatively there's a lot of opportunity here. There is With, with the possibility to make a really big positive impact
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a lot of innovation going on. There's a lot of innovation, yeah. you know, at, at, uh, you know, within our industry, there's, there's mm-hmm. a lot of innovation that's going on within the food industry. But I also think that there's other considerations as well, you know, nutrient wise that, you know, and some of the the things that we're putting in food. But yeah, maybe we should be more questionable. But to your earlier mm-hmm. point, Natalie, you know, when you're talking about fresh foods, et cetera, um, you know, how how critical it is to kind of like really focus on just what you need, you know, yeah, buy what you need, you know, right. and you and use it.
2: Yeah, right. yeah. Totally. You know, we can only we can only do our part. And mm-hmm. um, you know, there are things that are out of our control, but if we do a better job of controlling what we can control yeah it will contribute to an improved society
0: yeah yeah i mean one of our missions is to help organizations redesign you know packaging solutions so if we can if we can help redesign in a way that's you know checking all of those boxes as we've talked about before but also can contribute to helping you know cut down this food waste pro or you know help with this food waste problem i mean it's just another feather in the cap um but i i do think that the positioning of it is um, an area that just there's so much opportunity to really educate people on on what the impact of this of this stuff is. Um, mm-hmm. Let's uh, put pot. Let's put plastics in a in a positive light.
1: Yeah, for, right. For, for oh, for sure. Oh, oh, and and we should. You know, um, we should. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. I you know, I, I sort of uh, go back to when I was growing up in England, and. Uh, you know the the size of the refrigerators uh in in europe you know is almost mm. like a college dorm refrigerator here in the united states and then when i yeah, came to the like u.s <laughs> i'm like look at the size of this refrigerator i mean you could fit a family in there you know and, you know i mean they're huge and well, I things think, get lost like you said that's it right, right? that's right. exactly right it's like Wait a minute! I didn't know I had that. Something's not smelling right. You (laughs) know, it's like, oh, there it is. You know, you know, shelf two, aisle three. You know, (laughs) kind of thing. And yeah. So anyway, that it's 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 controlling. You know, a lot of that that buy as well, and just being aware. You know Mm -hmm. of what of what you're buying. Totally.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You and know, I'm sure... it, we, we've, talked, we've talked in the past about uh, um, how the how the US was kind of cursed and blessed with space um, as it relates to landfill and recyclability of, of packaging. Right. Um and, and the same, you know, it's just a parallel of the size of our uh, of our uh, retail footprint as well as our home refrigeration. Yeah, um, sort of leads us towards uh, some scenarios where there's more food waste, not less. Mm. Um, you know, so it, again, just, as you said at the beginning, uh, Natalie, it's it's a very nuanced
1: conversation.
2: It is, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: well, you know, and I think that when you go to like a, a restaurant or what have you, you know, the portion sizes are pretty substantial. You know, and there's a lot out there that, you, you know, you you just they give you a lot of food. Yeah. Um, and I was really surprised at how big those, like when I first came up, I'm like, there's no way I can eat that. I mean, I'm like, "That <laughs> that's, that's a huge amount of, of food, Yeah. but you know, to, to your point, it's available, it's there. And so, you know, you pe- people, you know, eat a lot. And I think that that's portion mm-hmm. sizes, I think are getting bigger, you know, throughout, you know, sort of. It, you know, the U S and and what have you. Yeah. And, and, you know, my preference would be go smaller, higher nutrient. You know, I would be mm-hmm, very, mm-hmm. very happy with that rather than just volume.
2: And right. That
1: obviously, you know, has a contributing factor as well. Yeah.
2: We all, we all have spouses and, uh, and I don't think it's uncommon for us nowadays to uh, go out and order an entree at a restaurant. And split Mm. it between two people. And now that's our fix to that problem. But the problem is portion size. And that relates to, again, to packaged materials sold at grocery stores and other places. Yeah. Um, You know, it's got, it it all comes down to design and designing with intent. So, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. As much as I love like the big box, you know, the stores where you can buy things in bulk, it's like, how many people are actually buying all this <laughs> stuff? And like, what what portion of it never even makes it into somebody's home, let alone like gets right. eaten. Um, yeah, it's just, it's wild. It's wild when you yeah. actually think about it. it um, so let's talk about materials for a second. You know, we kind of talked about how packaging can uh-huh. help. Let's just talk specifically, I guess, about some materials. We talked about how XPP solutions help increase oxygen and moisture barrier transmission, which, you know, yeah, for the average consumer, environment, the impact of the environment on the food is, you know, what ultimately leads to it spoiling. So so for packaging to be able to protect it from those elements, naturally, it it helps extend that shelf life. So from a material selection standpoint, let's talk about, you know, just briefly, what's what's available out there. Um,
1: Jonathan? Yeah, sure. So, you know, from a barrier perspective, it depends on on what you actually want. So if you're just looking for like moisture barrier, for instance, like if you want, mm-hmm. uh, you've got a dry product like potato chips or cereal, things like that. You know, you mm-hmm. could put that in a your know, polypropylene as a material has excellent moisture protection just just by itself. Right. So you don't need to put any other barrier components like EVOH or what have you. And so, you know, that has the ability to actually help naturally extend that shelf life. Well, then you can look at incorporating, you know, some other materials or technology from our perspective, you know, the next tier would be our REBA product. Um, Mm -hmm. And that, you know, then that gives you that next level of protection over and above, you know, what you would consider a baseline. So you get that moisture protection, then you add in some other technologies or materials like EVOH or REBA, (laughs) excuse me, and um, you get oxygen protection. So Mm -hmm. now, you know, you've got oxygen and moisture protection. So you need both of those to help extend shelf life and reduce the the waste of the product. Interestingly enough, throughout that development uh, of some of the barrier materials, you know, with some of the residual headspace that we had early on in containers and the residual oxygen in that, which could be like a quarter of an inch of headspace, would Mm -hmm. actually spoil or uh, significantly impact that shelf life. And so Mm -hmm. materials become very, very critical, Mm -hmm. not only from the performance perspective, but you have to think about taste and odor as well, or taste and texture, right? You know, Mike and I were over in uh, Denmark at the the dairy conference, and one of the key aspects of what they're trying to do there with food technologies and food production is the texture and the taste. Mm -hmm. Well, you have to make sure that you are... Uh, you're going to be designing and using materials that don't have any negative impact on on taste, okay? Because mm-hmm. then that's going to affect, you know, how the consumer enjoys the enjoys the food or doesn't. Out it goes again. So, you know, from a materials perspective, polypropylene is very clean and has a wide variety of process applications that it could be used for. Again, like you know, if it's hot fill. For dips and sauces, or it's it's uh, retorted for baby food, pet food. You know, I mean, think Mm -hmm. of think of of the the criticality of those materials when it comes to food production and packaging food. It's absolutely paramount. And so, you know, to Mike's point earlier, we've got so much of that technology. It's and it's being implemented all the time across the board from modified atmosphere packaging, you know, and and everything in between, depending on what what the uh, the food is and how long you want to protect it, etc. So right. it becomes really those the, those material considerations, Natalie, are so so key. You get it mm-hmm. wrong, and you know your product's gonna fail. You right. know, you spend all those resources yeah. on trying to make it so. Again, you know, and PET is another great example. Um, you know, of a nice, clean, uh, you know, taste and odor type product. Interestingly mm-hmm. enough, just to, to you know, there was a there was a compostable um, PLA bottle that was developed years ago mm-hmm. uh, for a company. I won't mention their names, but anyway, what what happened was that they found that, because they were trying to do the same thing, right? They were trying to improve yep. the compostability, reduce the waste, you know, et cetera, et cetera. In this case, it was a water bottle. But what they found was that they chose the wrong material. And the mm. reason being from a sustainability perspective is one of those PLA bottles would contaminate a hundred thousand PET bottles, you know? And so, right. you know, not the right application. Great concept, great material. Yeah. It's probably not the right application. So, Well, again, you can't, yeah
0: you can't consider any of these things in isolation, as we've, you know, kind of mentioned no. before, like, even when you're talking about, you know, cause a lot of these, um, you know, barrier properties, oxygen barrier properties, as you said, is a, imparted through a combination of more than one material? Yeah. Even considering how the compatibility of those materials and how that impacts recyclability, you know, that's very important. And so I guess it's worth noting that, our our solutions, you know, solutions with polypropylene and EVOH combination, our XPP with REBA, um, those don't impact recyclability. Whereas other right. alternatives, um, while they might extend shelf life, you're getting that, um, you know, on the flip side, it's, you got
1: some problematic issues. Yeah,
0: the packaging <laughs> is is waste. So, right, um, a lot of things to consider. Um, I think this is a good place to sign off because um, our next episode is going to be really digging into our XPP with Reba product, which, as Jonathan mentioned, is kind of like our, you know, medium-ish <laughs> uh, to high barrier solution uh, that provides an alternative to some traditional barrier materials such as EVOH and PVDC. So, again, in a fully recyclable solution um, and still maintains all of that uh you know, great barrier protection that you need to keep keep this extended shelf life for a variety of applications. Um, so yeah, that's our episode. Thank you so much to everybody who's tuned in to listen and who has been tuning in to listen. Um, in the meantime, for more information, you can visit our website at www.icpg.co. If you'd like to take part in the conversation, make sure to follow us on social media at ICPG on LinkedIn. ICPG Co on Instagram and Twitter, or email us at ICPG at impactgroup.co. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, you can listen to our podcast on all on our website and all major podcast channels. We hope you enjoyed getting a little bit crazy about packaging with us and we'll talk to you next month. Thank you. Bye.